0: welcome back to the tim weixelbaum show i am coming to you right now at four thirty in the morning that's podcasting time we're in podcast time zone that's when crazy people podcast i'm a crazy i'm not crazy i'm not like a crazy person but i uh, i'm very abnormal i'm very not normal and that's, that's not a fun thing to say. It's like, yeah, I'm weird. I'm atypical. Uh, I don't, I have a house that's empty. People tell me whenever I have people over here, which is like once a year. So, like, one person came so far. They're like, pretty much all of them, they're like, hey, when are you getting, uh, furniture? And I go, uh, still never, probably. Yep. I'm not into I don't care about that. I would have gotten it probably by now if I wanted some. Like you should have like a TV and like some chairs in the living room cuz you'll look normal. It's like, "Yep, yeah, I'm I but I'm not." So I don't really feel the need to create an illusion that I'm normal just so other people don't judge me. It's like it's my fucking house. If they if they if you're so insecure That you need your house to look good or normal to feel good about yourself. I don't. I keep it clean to a standard that I feel comfortable with. But if other people are uncomfortable with it, I don't give a fuck. They could think I'm a fucking slime ball for all I care. And I'm a reverse hoarder. I do the opposite. I throw shit out that you're not even supposed to throw out. They're like, hey, you know, you should hoard that. You should, you should hoard onto that for a little while. You should just be throwing away all that useful cotton or whatever I'm throwing out. I don't know, cotton balls, whatever I'm throwing. I don't know why I said that. You know, you're not generating enough. You're, you're throwing too many things out. Tim, Timmy Gusto, whatever timmy gusto my new stage name that's a character that i'm building i'm building a brand whether you like it or not it's how it's it's gonna be set in stone baby everything i do is how i'm gonna do it for the rest of my life i'm gonna keep swooping my hair up and combing it to the side i know which side to comb my hair to i'm thirty two goddamn years old I don't need to keep experimenting with which fucking side of my head to comb to. To the left, okay? You know, I'm just happy that I still have sh- f- f- hair on my head to f- to f- comb. Uh, so I don't need to experiment with more changes there. So that's a permanent, locked-in thing. I like the way I look with just a little bit of slight. Shadow in my facial hair. Just like a four o'clock shadow, not even a five. This one's too much. I don't like that. I want a little less. I know my brand. White skin to the point of like, whoa, this guy is unhealthy. Unhealthily pale. Yeah, I'm not like a huge fan of that, of like the paleness. Like it doesn't like catch me as like sexy or anything. And nobody's complimenting me on that. Nobody says you're white as fuck. Sign me up for your for whatever you sign me up for your newsletter, you pale snowboy. You fucking snow angel looking Yeah. So I don't I I I could use like a little more color, but Gives a fuck. The brand is on point. What I know is that I look good without that much facial jizz all over my face. Somebody said I, I should grow like long sideburns that, like, you know, jut forward and then stop like the Nike logo. Yeah, and then have like a mustache. And I was like, yes, that would look funny, but I don't know if I could maintain that vibe of like somebody with like big biggest stupid sign burns you know that doesn't go with my brand i don't think i look good clean cut with a conservative haircut that's what i asked for at the barber shop i was like he was like what do you want today i was like i have an idea i just want something clean simple conservative like a cop blue lives matter back the blue uh, And then he was like, okay, I don't know what that, no one's ever said that before, but sure, I think I got something. And then he actually worked with it, and, and this is what I got. It was shorter than this, so this was like a month ago, but he combed it in the same fashion that I did, and it, and it was like, okay. So kind of like Ben Shapiro a little bit, and then he was like, put pomade in it, and then it'll stay like that. So here I am, putting goo in my hair like it's the 50s, trying to look like an old-school, clean-cut mobster. Italian dude who knows his place in society, you know, is like working shit behind the scenes, trying to be a go-getter. And it's not just a lie about the house type yeah, I'm not trying to look like that. I know how I look. I in my early twenties, I pull up pictures on my phone. I didn't pull them up. I was like, "Here, here's your memory. Here's some memories of how dumb you looked when you first started using iPhones. The blunder years, as they they call it. And I was definitely going through some years of disfortunate artistic expression with my face. I looked fucking Like a loser. (laughs) I looked like somebody who was like, what do I do with my life? I'm in my early 20s. How do I navigate being an adult? Uh, I gotta make money. Uh." Yeah, glad I grew out of that fucking blunder of a cock of a decade. Now I'm in my 30s and I know what's what. I know where to fuck it, what I want in life, and and this is it. Not only do I know it, I also kind of got it. I'm there. No time like the present. Yeah, like, I have a lot that I kind of used to think, I don't know if I would ever have got, like, I don't think I ever really thought I would have a house at this age. Like, I didn't have that sketched in my fucking journal, in my... Vision board, like it just seemed like, yeah, of course I'll have a house. I didn't realize it would be like an achievement to do that. I thought like, yeah, I'm gonna have a house. I'm gonna have probably what other normal adults have at this age. Did I care though? No, I didn't want a house. I didn't like dream like it'd be so cool to live in a house. Turns out that is pretty cool to have, and a lot of people would love to have that in their in that at this age. So I'm killing it, and that's... So I have very little things to complain about. A lot to lose. That's why I like to leave this place empty. Because the only thing... I can only go downhill from here. We're talking in just terms of, like, security and, like, mental... I don't know. I guess I could use something of a relationship. Maybe if it's... Hey, I'm open to uh, not being completely... Uh, isolated my whole life, but I'm working from scratch. I'm I'm learning how to tell who's worth pursuing, even just a friendship with, and even that I don't I don't I'm not very good at. So fuck thinking about if you can't even figure out if you're a f- like if you're friends with somebody that you <laughs> that you have been hanging out with. It's like how are you going to be ready to s- know. Who is the right uh, spouse? Well, I do. I can already picture it. It's a petite woman, smaller than me. Hair type is not important. Who gives a fuck? You know, not the facial structure. Yeah, she's got to be attractive, but not that attractive. I I just don't want to be, like, turned off by her face. So that's another checkbox. And just not a bitch. Okay, there we go. That's it. We just nailed it. Just not a bitch, which means a, that's a very heavy. That's like a very open-ended thing. What does that mean? Not be, that's, there's many ways you could be a like you know. We don't have to get into it, but I know it when I see it. I can know when I'm being bitched at, and that's what I'm trying to avoid. And that's you know three things. That's it. Petite face, nice face, not a bitch. Younger than me, I guess, would be ideal. Yeah, nah, because when you're in your 30s or whatever, when you, as you get older, of course, you don't want a woman the same age as you. It gets way slanted the opposite way. We, we want, like, 20, 22, 23, 28, 29 is, is, like, way too old. I don't know why I even said that number. Anyway, I'll try not to sound, do the Italian thing. Somebody keeps telling me, dude, stop doing that. Stop doing the accent. Okay, like I, I just, it's, yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I'll conscious, maybe I'll change it to some other accent that's not, you know, that gets more popularity. I'll just change it to like, there's not a lot of white accents that I can do. I don't know. I like being musical. I like using my vocality. I like, like, having, like, a range of possibilities in terms of how I could deliver a sentence. I like to, it's fun. It's fun when somebody asks you a question instead of just be, like, if they ask you what the weather is, instead of just being like, it's 98, de- it's 98 degrees. You could be like, It is 98 fucking degrees. Like, it's fun to just talk sometimes. It's fun to, like, put, like, weight on certain syllables. Like, it's fucking 98 degrees, okay? 98. 98. 98. It is 98 degrees. It's impossible to talk normal when you're trying to. I can only do it when I'm pissed off, when I'm in a bad mood, I'm definitely normal sounding. When I get, like, first thing in the, like, for most of the day, actually, like, before I go on stage, I'm in a normal, depressive, like, fuck everything. I hate that I, eh. But then if I get out, you know, if I have a performance, then I wake up, and I'll talk how I want to talk. But before that, I'm bottled up, I'm like, yeah yeah I'm here, yeah I'm here. I'm gonna maybe I'll sign up for this open mic, yeah, I can't even do it right now, but it's very dry and it doesn't project. I don't project my voice, and if I do, it just sounds angry when I'm not trying to be so so that's me, a little bit about me. This is called the Tim Weiselbaum show. That's why I guess I'm talking about myself. I don't have to. I don't have to talk about myself the whole episode, but, and I don't have to talk about how I'm talking about myself the whole episode or how I talk. And now I'm looking at the lighting of this camera. It's a little bit darker. It's slightly tinged. See, I'm a fucking perfection, not perfectionist. Uh, but I am very like OCD with like little things of the camera settings. Like I want to make sure it's perfectly in focus. I want to make sure that it's not overexposed. But what do I know? I don't know nothing about lighting. I just know I look pasty. And that means it's probably bad lighting. If I look pasty and underlit on my eye ridges. I don't like that my eye ridge is underlit. But my face, it just highlights everything that I don't want displayed. Like it shows this rash on my other eye. Fucking horrible. I need a makeup artist. You know what? I would even hire somebody to do my makeup at four in the morning just for this podcast to feel better about myself and then I would do better I I do better at stuff when I feel like I look good and that's a narcissistic trait but that just I'm very honest about that's why people dress nice uh sometimes. You know not when they are like half like a formal event. They don't wanna dress. Nobody went, but it it is fun sometimes to be like, oh I'm excited to wear this and see what how people react to my wardrobe. I'm in that golden age of my life. I'm going through those years of my life where I get to pick out my clothing and that's how that's a great luxury place to be in in your life, where you actually get to think, like, what do I want to wear today? Well, not everybody can make that choice, they just have to wear whatever they got. Anyway, because you know, I buy t-shirts, like, this is a t-shirt that's new, I just got it, it's like $40, Uh, who cares, just that I wore a color yesterday or today, I wore burgundy, and then I noticed immediately that everyone else was wearing Fucking burgundy. It was just one of those days where I guess everybody just woke up with the same burgundy fucking mood, or whatever. And it's like now I feel like a dick because this is because that burgundy t-shirt I debuted it thinking like, I mean, it's not like that. It was just a fucking t-shirt, but I was like, this is a brand new shirt. And it's the first like, and now everybody now I just blend in. With my brand new shirt. So anyway, this sounds boring as fuck. Because like. It is. It's, it's, who wants to, like I'm whining about my wardrobe not being cool enough. And that's just kind of something I never thought I would be. Okay. Never mind. I, I, this goes back to my childhood. I used to wear shit just to see what would happen. Like I one time I dressed up as a princess. For no reason. It wasn't Halloween. Was it? Yeah, I don't. I think I did do it during Halloween, so it wasn't that weird. Except for the fact that I was a fucking princess, and you're, that was before that was like normal. So it was like, look at this guy being all ahead of the curve. He's dressed as a princess as a joke, but uh, how edgy! So I was an edge lord even back then, in like I don't know fifth grade. I was like, you know, I'm gonna fucking be the best. I'm gonna be the most gender bendy Halloween. And It was fun. I remember that more than any other costume. I dressed one time. I just wore face paint. How fucking nuts is that? I think I did wear face paint, like on my face, at school. And it wasn't Halloween or anything. And and people just were like, "Well." I, I respect that somehow like it didn't really alienate I don't remember it being that bad like because I was a kid maybe I think this was like seventh grade or sixth grade yeah, it was that late in life so I was like 12 and I went to school just was covered in face paint and nobody gave a fuck they're like they're like hey, I kind of like that like it's like I guess I don't know I wasn't bullied enough to not do it, to stop doing it. And I was like, hey, I guess I did it. I don't know. I like to pull off stunts. I pull off, I do things that are high risk, low reward. And that's, you know, that's, but also sometimes it does pay off. Sometimes it's uh, not even that high risk, but high reward. If you plan it out, if you go through enough uh, negative things or you lose money, on something that could motivate you to figure out how to earn it back. It's like, you know what? I lost a lot of money, so I'm going to try extra hard to make up for it to get over the shame of losing it in the first place. And that could pay a dividend that rewards you higher than the initial risk or loss. If you work hard to think of something new that hasn't been done before, you could become a billionaire. Like if there's still room for more genius inventions and services and apps that could make a hundred thousand dollars a day, you just have to figure out what is the world want or need that it doesn't know it needs because it's a new thing. It's a brand new innovative idea that happens all the time. And then you have these new tech billionaires moving to, uh, Austin and buying huge mansions, and hey, more power to them because they did something to earn that. You can't resent an entrepreneur. You could resent them after they fuck up in other ways if they don't pay their employees. You could criticize them for other things, but what are you doing criticizing somebody who thought was like the initial reason they became a billionaire? because they did something like very powerfully uh, that uh useful and the what the value that they provided by thinking of that idea and implementing it provided more value than they are currently worth you don't become a billionaire unless you make other people a lot of money or provide a value that's worth way more than a billion dollars you take a margin off that and you know so you got to respect these people that talk shit about billionaires. It's like you're never going to be one that way. And you know you want to be. Everyone wants to be a billionaire because then they could solve the problems that they're crying about. Or they could just keep it all and be like most, you know, turn the opposite. to be like, well, actually, I kind of like it. I'm going to keep all that shit I said about billionaires, how they should give away all their money. Never mind I just didn't know I just didn't know what it was like to have that and that you know other people don't deserve it so after all in in retrospect I kind of I was dumb I was naive it's way better to have a billion dollars than it's not so I'm gonna keep it you know of course most of those people would keep it if they just became a billionaire overnight or at least maybe not overnight because it happens overnight who gives a fuck? Yeah, I'll give away $100 million, whatever. Then you're not a billionaire anymore. But then if you invest the rest of the 900 you will definitely still be a bill. You'll get back to being a billionaire in like a year, 10 years, like a couple of years, you'll be right back to being a billionaire because uh, that's about 10% or something like that. It's not that hard to make 10% to increase your net worth by 10%. It's pretty easy if you already don't need 99 percent of it if you're not living off that much of it if you're conservative with your money if you have 900 million dollars hopefully you're not spending 10 million a year if you don't need to like if you're not making that much you should only like if you know it just depends on your influx and your outflux and your Anyway, so what did I want to talk about today? I had I I've been talking about myself a lot. I I did a podcast earlier about 8 hours ago, something like that, with Ryan Joseph. I was a guest on his podcast. We did it right here in the same studio that I am doing it right here in. I was excited to be a guest on his podcast. So I didn't like try to interrupt him, you know, it was his pot you know. I felt like I had home court advantage because i was the one providing the studio but that didn't mean i had any right to talk over him so i tried not to i don't think i did i just i just talked i just it was just a conversation and it was fun i was listening back to it before going live with this one and i was like yeah this is a pretty not bad podcast and it's not mine i'm but i'm happy to be on it and I don't want to I don't know I got he's got to keep doing his he's got to take care of his own business. I I I hope he he keeps getting episodes out of his as well cuz mine I do mine regularly to the point where I don't I can't take a day off or a week off and I I'm trying to have other guests on him. I almost had a guest on tonight but he got too tired. So I drove him home. I might have him on later this week. I'm getting tired, to be honest. I've been up, I, I, my sleep schedule, I don't have one, but my sleep quality is a, is horrendous still, and like I still have dreams about flying to other states, and it's uh, very uh, heavy to wake up from that, from a very vivid recurring dream that you have many, many times through the night, and say, well, here I am, do I want st- to get do something in real life it's like while i was just busy doing shit in a fake world that was kind of you know interesting but like so it's easy to stay in that trap of uh just using your head to entertain you for the whole day there's nothing to do and then i wait for somebody to text me to get me to do something you know so there is a downside to being in like a hermit to, to not having much going on, like, professionally or socially. I'm pretty bad like at the ground level. I need, like So I do appreciate the friends that I'm starting to make in uh, this town because I haven't been trying very hard to do that, to have, like, uh, to go big, hey, what are you doing? Like... I'm only trying to hang out with people that actually are, you know, sober a little bit. Like I'm just now that I'm off the fucking alcohol, I I don't like being around people that are deeply on, like that are like drunk all the time. I can handle like if they're just having a couple drink, but like this is such a typical thing. You, you become sober, you realize how annoying and like. Yeah, non-productive it is to be around people that are hammered. And as you go, you know, you sound like a dick. You know how much you're being a dick right now? To the person right here yakking at me, talking about all sorts of shit. And you're not reading that I'm bored. You're not reading my body language at all. You can't tell that I'm looking off into space. You can't tell that I'm like clearly... Bothered by your drunkatoodness and attitude, like rudeness, but they don't fucking know. So yeah, drunk people—they kind of—they get—they deserve the the <laughs> some of the flack. So so I'm trying to make friends with people that don't drink, and I have a couple. I've met a couple, and it's you know they're pretty uh, regular in my life. They're in my uh, group, so I don't take that, you know even if they're a little bit like they pest if they bug me in certain ways i can't let that that's what I, my problem is, is i'm i ex, like if somebody bugs me i i can't let it go sometimes like i bring it up like and i let it fester but i gotta learn to not do that because it is that's not being very fair and polite because it's not like i don't do shit that bugs them But if I do, I will try and I try to, you know, at least address why I'll try not to do it if I think it's like an unfair thing. Like sometimes some things you can't change. So you just got to respect your people's boundaries if you're trying to, like, have a long term friendship with them. And, you know, we all need somebody to hang out with. It helps. It gives you a reason to look forward to something or like hang out at a place that you wouldn't normally wanna hang out at. Like if there's like not very many things to do and you know that there's at least somebody that you could do nothing with, it's more fun to do nothing than to do jack. Sh- to just sit at home. That's the worst. When you're an extrovert, or when you're in an extroverted mood, I'm not an extrovert. But when you're like, "Fuck, I gotta go out, to, I gotta do something today," and then there you find out that there's nothing going on and nobody to do anything with, it's like good to at least have one person. So yeah, you gotta have that. It's good. I, I you know, I like hanging out with comics, so they also kind of have to be a comic. Or if I've never, I haven't been friends with anybody that's not a comic in fucking since I started doing comedy. So they got to be in the game. They got to hopefully not be a dick and tell me I suck all the time. Like, that's not helpful. I don't like when people bring me, make me feel like I'm not talented. I want to feel validated, I I guess, but not to the uh, extreme level of narcissism, like high maintenance and like have to be complimented after every set, that would, that's too high maintenance and I, I don't try to burden people with my ego that much. But everyone has one and theres you know, I expect some level of, uh, you know, reinforcement when I'm going through like a negative whatever. Like I just like to be able to complain to somebody and have them say something back that shows that they could kind of At least sympathize or try to make light of, like try to give me a, like make me laugh about it. That's probably the ideal thing, is they bring levity. If I'm going through something that I feel like is bothering me, and I tell somebody, they make me laugh about it. That's probably the best thing you could ask for, you know. But you don't always get some people that can understand you to that degree, that you also have the same sense of humor. That's very, very, yeah, uh, yeah. So people with the same sense of humor, that's who I really want to be friends with. But then they might have other things wrong with them. Like, they maybe they're, like, bad. Maybe they're, like, just going to fuck me over in some way. Who the fuck knows? But I just know that I want to... My ideal friendship is somebody that has the exact same sense of humor and i've had that in high school i had one dude i was friends with and we were s- fucking super in sync like everything he thought was funny i thought was funny vice versa so you can't take that for granted maybe i did i don't know i don't think i did but i whatever he's an adult he's he's living like a normal Adult life with kids boom, the whole shebang. But that's just what happens. That's just what happens after high school. You lose touch with most of those people. But it just gave me a standard for what I'm looking for in a friendship. I don't—I don't like making a joke, and it just having no response. They just go, like, "Dude, at least tell me it's not funny. Tell me. Don't just sit there." As if I didn't even try to make a joke. I like being roasted more than I like. Feeling like why did I even try. You know make me feel something. Either like give me a reason to like get better at comedy. Don't just give me the silent treatment. When I'm trying to hang out and talk. But you know I got to pay attention to the road. Because I'm not the best driver. I definitely am going to run into somebody at some, like, I, I just know it's too easy not to. It's too easy. to just like to not realize that somebody might be in the middle of the road when you're turning. And yet, I don't know. I'm not, I don't have that good of instincts to just like always look where I'm going. So anyway, I do, it's fine to not talk all the time. Cause I do get distracted. I almost got pulled over recently. Uh, some cop was. I made an, a left turn when the when there was a red left turn arrow because I missed. I, I was too focused on the cop to uh, to make the turn. I was w- yielding to him, whatever, and so I ran a red, and he started following me. So I drove perfectly, and he was like, you know, if I wasn't going to a call, you'd get a ticket. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sorry. And you know. I would have deserved the tickets, but uh, so I got to pay attention. You know, it's so easy to do, just to to, uh, run a light. And people run lights here all the fucking time. I run them when I'm like halfway in the intersection, and that kind of counts, but not really. You're not supposed to enter the intersection uh, when it's turning yellow if you have enough time to stop. If you don't have enough time... To stop is the only time you're allowed to continue on. So I see people running into the intersection when it's red. You're not supposed to ever do that when it's red. Uh, unless, I guess, you'd have to completely slam on your... Unless you already are in the intersection or something. But people do it all the fucking time in Texas. So you got to pay attention to the oncoming lane... Or the uh, the cross lane. you got to... And even if you got the green, you got to be like, okay, I know I got the green, but there might be some asshole barreling down the the perpendicular. So you got to be a defensive driver in this town, in any town, but especially this one. When you get outside of the city limits, it gets a little tamer. When you're on like a long, in the middle of Texas, people actually move to the side. They move to the right lane. They don't take up the, they don't creep in the, yeah, people they they sit in the left lane when they're not passing but then they just they get so fucking they get mad that you're behind them and they go, "Well, I'm not moving. Away. I'm not moving so you could go." Cuz they don't like being normal. They don't like being pol- it's like an e- it's like fuck you. I'm not moving just for you. And I get it. I get it like that if they're tailgating me if they do if they do it so aggressively that they don't even give me a chance to move then i just go you know what fuck you not, you're too close to me for me to feel like it's even safe to move sometimes so i just sometimes i just go fuck you i'm not playing this game and and that's an aggressive thing to do, but and I have to just let it go. I just have to just be, you know what? Just move. And I do. I do move over most of the time. It's just when they get right on you, it's like, oh, I gotta just make way. This is fucking for you, douchebag. I approach people very gently. I, 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 somebody's going slow. I give them a chance to speed up. As I'm approaching, I don't just go right on, slam up right against their bumper, because then it, I get it. It pisses people off when you do that, so I just give them a nice cushion, you know, and then I pass them on the right if I'm super in a hurry. It's not safe to pass people on the right. Uh, it's not, you're not supposed to do it. Anyway, what did I want to talk about on this episode? Oh, yeah, so Ryan Joseph, so I did his podcast. It was a good podcast, and I but I took mushrooms before it, and I definitely took a little too many. I thought I was only taking like half a gram, which was like, eh, this is nothing. I did the same amount almost just yesterday, so I thought I would have a tolerance. I wasn't expecting it to really do anything, but it was definitely enough to make me feel like I was on shrooms, like undeniable, like I was like, yep, this is a little more than I thought it would be. So I just was like a little bit like, like scared. Of like being on a podcast, like he was talking about something very specific, and I was just like, "Dude, yeah, yep, I'm listening, I'm listening." But then I got my bearings later on in the podcast. But I guess the point is, I should probably like be a little more careful about if I'm doing a podcast and not take too many mushrooms because it. But it was fine overall, and then it put me in the, in the right. I never really regret. The amount. I always feel like whatever I take is the right amount. And I'm not... You know, I don't want to... But it just reminded me to be a little careful. Because it's powerful stuff. But then after the podcast, I was like in this slight melancholy mood because I felt bad for him, for all the stuff that he's going through. You know, just personal stuff and also stuff that we talked about on his podcast. And then, uh, because, like, he just left in a hurry, but, like, I always just want to keep hanging out with people. When I'm in the extroverted mood, I like to just hang out for as long as possible until there's nothing to do, until the night is over. But anyway, so he left, and I had to think about what else there was, because I wanted to do something. I wanted to hang out with somebody. So I just uh, went over... To do the heckle, mic and that was fun. You know, I wasn't in the mood for it, at first, but I was like, you know, whatever. Just get into it. Just get in the mood. Just yell. Just just burn bridge. Just like do it in a fake fun way. Pretend that you're that you hate everybody. It's fun. That's what they're looking for sometimes. Sometimes you want to see somebody just have like a. It's just funny to watch people yell tr- like really hateful things to pe- individual people. Like, I was just, like, <laughs> and I didn't mean any of it, you know. Maybe there's always, like, a tinge of truth to what I say, but it was fun to just yell at people and, like, try to take over the room by yelling louder than the other person. Like, cause sometimes I just stand there and don't even have anything to say. So, you know, you got to be a performer, even if it's a shitty, like, heck, even if it's, like, a concept that you don't want to be a part of, you just why not just have fun? It's your job as a comic to take part in in the show in the show in the in the format just don't if that's all there is going on. I just wanted to feel something I wanted to be on stage I did I actually missed just being on any stage, even if it's one where I get heckled whoop big whoop just it's it, you could make the best of it, and so I did, and it was fun. And, uh, but then, you know, I was hanging out with a friend and he wanted to get out of there. So we did, we left and then we, and I just, uh, we considered doing a podcast tonight. But then as soon as I got him here, I could tell he was way too tired. So I drove him back and it was fine. And, you know, we'll talk, he's probably going to be on here very soon. So we will get into a lot of stuff and just a lot of like, the thing about this comedy scene is I didn't, I was not anticipating any drama of politics and like all that bullshit being like a huge, I didn't expect that to follow me here or for it to even, I just, it wasn't in my mind that there would be all this political bullshit going on. And like, like asking me, what did this guy say about me? Like, okay, okay. Here's exactly what this guy said, wrote for wrote. Uh, it was the he said he doesn't like you and the f- fuck off. No, yeah, like that's exactly what I have to say to people. I have to go. Okay, here's what this guy said about you. Like, dude, I didn't sign up for that just because I'm like a mediator, just because I'm good at like understanding people and they're, you know, I don't know, I could read people's like how they feel about certain things like like I could tell I'm good at like getting information I guess from people sometimes like I'm good at like slipping in and be like so what do you think of this guy do you like this guy I don't know people feel honest around me I I guess that's something I I could do is I get people to open up maybe because I I could do I'm just I I have that ability not to toot my own dick That's what makes you a good podcaster if you're good at, like, getting people to open up uh, and having a good exchange. So I didn't think Austin would be more political and mafioso-like than uh, where I came from. Maybe I just wasn't in it deep enough. Maybe I just wasn't trying hard enough or hanging out with the right people because it was super— bullshitty or dramatic. There was drama in Chicago. Of course, there was tons. I loved it, though. I, I I just loved being the outside observer and watching it all fucking go down, usually on Facebook. That's where it all happened. It just Facebook drama. There wasn't that much, like... Like all the real-life stuff, That was boring. I like to see it on the Internet unfold before my eyes because that feels more, for some reason, the digital world to me is more real than the real world because if you just talk shit about like i had some people i was not friendly with like some people i was definitely like i was like okay i fucking don't like this guy and we kind of like form like this negativity and like a a, like like anytime i saw them i was like are we cool it's like well can we be cool can we squash this beef that we have and i was like yeah there's nothing but I still kinda of resent them, even though I said even though I was like, Yeah, there's no beef, brother. You know? I didn't mean any of that bullshit. But then I still definitely did. I did mean a lot of it, and I probably should have been even meaner in retros I should have stood up for myself even more. To be like to be honest. So so I guess there is some of that, but I and I, it's probably going to happen here. Like, there's probably going to be people that I just won't be able to talk. To. Like, of course, there's going to be people that say, like, oh, this guy got to fucking avoid eye contact. And, but I don't care. I've, I kind of got over the whole caring if people are talking shit about me. Because first of all, that's a, that's a presumptuous thing to think. Oh, I hope people aren't... I wonder what people are saying about me. Like that's who. For them to even be doing that is already like you're already like you're too self-involved for to even care or think that they are to suppose that there's like words flying around about you. Who gives a like? That just means you're probably doing something right i don't uh, if they're talking shit about not if they're talking shit nobody likes to be talked shit about obviously and that's probably why i avoid confrontation It's probably why i'm uh nice on the surface that's why i'm try. i try to be easy to be around uh i don't you know like i nobody wants to be talked shit about but when it happens if it happens doesn't it wouldn't bug me that much? Like it, it seems like you're kind of supposed to talk shit about people, and like I take it as like, yeah, have your fun. I don't know. I deserve it probably, and it's fun to it's just tell me do do it. Do it. And if there's things that are valid to be criticized about me sometimes, you know, there's a time and place to tell people, to criticize people, like, hey man, you know what you're doing wrong, it's a this, it's like, yeah, but I didn't ask, like you could there's a way to approach somebody about something, if you have like this thing that you really want to tell them you could at least like ask them first, can I tell you something very, very uh that you might not like, can I give you advice that you might not like, like there's a way to set it up where you won't alienate them but if you just go right up to them and they do it you might like piss them off and like make them not like you so there is a time and place for criticism but if some of it's valid of course i want to know if i'm doing something horrible like to hurt somebody or like a faux pas but, uh, I kind of already know. I'm old enough. I kind of already know what the faux pas are like in social situations. I already know that I'm breaking a lot of them, that I'm awkward, that I'm probably rude just by not saying shit that you're supposed to say. Like I don't uh, I say thank you. but I don't say goodbye to people. like I leave parties. Without saying goodbye to anybody. But that's only because it's not my party. I don't feel that comfortable there in the first place. I just don't feel like I deserve the attention of having somebody know that I'm just leaving. Like, it's like, I don't, they don't care that I'm leaving. How presumptuous. Like, hey guys, I'm gonna go now. Bye. Like, they just go, fucking, Why'd you take away? Why'd you barge in, interrupt my conversation to say that you're fucking leaving? I don't care. Go walk off a bridge. That's how I look at it. That's how little self esteem I have. So that's why I don't say goodbye to people. I just don't want to get a rejection for the saying goodbye. I don't want them to be like, I don't want to be like, goodbye, and then seeing their face, like, yeah, goodbye. It's just that look. Just like one bad look. And then I don't want to do it anymore. It's like, oh, I'm sorry I told you. I'm saying goodbye, fuckface. If they just say it unenthusiastically, they go, yeah, bye. Bye. See ya. Like, if they just do anything that shows any disrespect, that's why I don't do it. I'm very uh, fragile, egotistically. Like, I'm very easily insulted and like, uh, yeah, that's not a good thing. But I'm open to change. I'm open to self improvement. Like I can't get mad at people for little things. Like I, I gotta speak up for myself in the moment. I can't let shit slide. Like you know, that's the passive aggressive aggressiveness that causes that comes out if you let things fester. If you don't call people out Im- as soon as possible, you're gonna become passive aggressive. And I don't like. I don't. I think I'm better than that. I don't know, man. So you got to set your boundaries and don't let people break them. And if they do, you got to acknowledge that they broke a fucking barrier. And then you like, try to do it in a way that doesn't make them feel too bad. Like, don't alienate them. So be like, yo, man, I get... Ugh. like, you got to do something. And that's what I'm bad at. I'm bad for speaking up for myself. I and mean, that's part of being a person that goes out of the house. If you're just a hermit that does talks to yourself on a podcast, you can't really bomb on a podcast that nobody else is on. If you have a guest, then you could feel when they're bored and like, yeah, you didn't let me talk there. Thank you, fuckface. But you can't really bomb on your own one-man talk show thing. Uh, And I've been bombing a lot in real-life social settings. Like, I just do awkward shit and I go, uh... And I need... for me to not do that takes a little bit of confidence that I have to go on stage to earn. I went to a party two days ago, uh, and I was barely invited. I was not invited. I had to ask to go. So that was awkward. Like that did not be, So my confidence was supered in the basement. I was like, okay, here I am. I'm, I, I asked if I could come. Here I am. I'm not. Gonna, and I didn't say anything. I had nothing to say to anybody. I was in the least talkative fucking mood I could be in. So that was awful. I should never go to a party again because I did myself a disservice, not again, until I'm in the mood, to actually be extroverted and like be conversational and like not afraid to talk to people. I was afraid to talk to people. I didn't feel like I really belonged there, and I didn't have anything interesting to say even if I was engaged in a conversation, I was just like, "Yeah, I, I I didn't go up tonight, so I'm not really feeling myself or funny." And like, so I did a disservice to my own image uh, by being awkward at a party. It would have been better if I had not gone. Sometimes it's better to not show up to things because then people don't know you for being boring. And now I know. That ten years from now, when I am cool, when I am like a successful, whatever, people will be like, you know, one time I saw him at this party and he just stood in the corner for three hours like a weirdo. And so now, so even though he's big right now, just know that he's a loser still. I don't know, man. I just know that that I am a loser. But it's help. It's it's. It's good. It's humbling. Because um, that means if I do become successful, I'll know how to reel it in and not be a dick. I'll be like, no, I'm just because I'm successful doesn't mean I'm not a loser. I'm still quiet at parties and stand in the corner, even though, whatever, I got a million Instagram followers doesn't mean shit. doesn't mean I know how to conduct myself in a group of people. That's the digital age that we live in. So I shouldn't have gone. But I was happy to be there, you know. I wasn't like pissed off to be there. I was like happy to be a part of something, kind of. And like, they did karaoke, so that was a cool thing about it. I respect any party that pulls out karaoke, and is great. I went up, and I that's when I felt at home. Once I did a song, and I could tell that people kind of were like, "Okay, you're in this. You're part of this party." Then I was comfortable. But then the party ended like ten minutes later because it was four in the morning. So I got right. I I left right after. And uh, yeah. So I'm I'm very bad at socializing in big groups. You know, small groups I'm better. I could. I'm really good in like two to three people. But once you get that fourth person in the fucking mix, then I fucking shut down. And I just it just goes it just buckles down to just me going like yep yep. I know that author. Yep, Kurt Vonnegut is good. Yep, yeah, that's right. Yep, and I don't fucking make it about me. It's just hard to steal, because I'm not a talk. I'm not like a me. And yeah, and I I am happy. I, I like that about myself. That I don't have to be the center of attention all the time. Uh, it's fun to be this to do stand up but off stage do I need to be the center of attention all the time Nah I like to atten- I like attention though I actually do probably enjoy being the center of attention pretty often but then I can tell when it when I've gotten enough when I've gotten my dick off uh I like to give it to other people so I'm not all there I'm not all bad It's fun to get attention but it's also fun To let other people know how it feels. I I like to share the wealth. Like I did Kill Tony a couple weeks ago, and I think the episode's coming out either this Monday, tomorrow, whatever, today. The fucking, whatever, whatever it's the 13th. It's the, it's, yeah. So it's either coming out today or a week from now. I I guess I'm kind of excited. I'm kind of nervous, kind of, because it was a big episode, Ari Shafir. And, you know, I did the thing with the gold, and, like, I know that's going to haunt me probably for a while. I should get... Yeah. Yeah. But it was a fun bit. And I guess, why did I bring up that? I don't know. Oh, yeah, because it gave me a lot of attention. A lot. Like, when you do pretty well on Kill Tony, you're going to get a lot of positive reinforcement. And uh, it was really... So I did bask. I'm pretty good at basking in other people's attention to me. Like if I go on stage, somebody said, you really... Today at the heckle mic, I got on stage and, the, and he's like, you really liked when they clapped for you. I was like... I mean, now that you mention it, I do remember kind of enjoying that, but it was subconscious. But yeah, I remember having like a excite, like a high energy entrance to the stage, and I probably did something like like yeah, like something to show that I was part of it and basking in it. But what's wrong with that? Is there anything wrong with that? I don't know. Not if you get, not if you deserve it, not if you earned it. I don't think. I think that's the whole fun of being an entertainer. It's like part of it going, like part of it is to take a bow, to be like you're fuck it, yay, fuck you, and then like that's part of it. Showbiz is there's something glamorous about it, and that's it. That's that's all it is. That's all, this, the only part that's glamorous is the airplanes, the private you know, there's a lot that's glamorous about it if you're successful. But if you're not successful, the only glamour is that sometimes people get excited to see you go on stage. So, of course, I'm going to enjoy it. And Kill Tony, a lot of people after the show were like, hey, man, I'm a fan of you. Uh, uh, Take a picture with me. And uh, that, I guess, strokes my ego a little bit. Um, But it didn't last that long. I don't know. You know, like, I know what I need to do. I know that, you know, I'm not that great. Uh, And that's just how it goes. Like, the longer you do something, you start to have a more realistic... This is what the Dunning-Kruger is. I talked about it before, but I didn't explain it right. Like, the Dunning-Kruger, you start off by thinking that you're really good at something when you actually suck, but then as your competence... uh, goes up a little bit, then it drops right back down to like, oh no, I actually suck at this. But then as you genuinely get more competent at something, it slowly, your confidence slowly goes up. Your perception of how good you are slightly slopes very slowly upwards and then it's like, okay, now you're good at something and you know you're good at it. It's real. It's not unfounded. It's like, no, I am good at this, and I know that I could be better. I'm not at the master, I'm not at the peak of competence and stand-up. So I know my limits. I know what I need to work on. I know what to push, you know, and what to limit and what to stop doing. I don't know. Like, yeah, there's some things I should stop doing. Like, I don't like talking about wealth or money, even though I do. The intention behind it is that it's funny to flaunt your wealth, but only at the right time. You can't go up there and there's a time and place to where flaunting about success is funny and it's a hard laugh to get. That's why I do it. I like top shelf laughs. I don't, I don't go for the low hanging fruit. I like to get the fucking jewel at the top of the heap, top of the tree. So anyway, and what I, like there's no reason to like talk about like names. Like I guess I another thing that boosted my confidence which is huge, I need external fucking validation. I'm just not able to function as a comedian. I'm not able to just have it all come from internal. I have to have a good set. And then I have to have somebody reinforce it by saying, "Hey, I saw your set; that was really funny." And if it's a comic that says that, that's even probably better because it's hard to get a comic to pay attention to you. So if a comic's like, "Yo, man, you had me laughing," I, it's like, "Yeah, I, I, I got it." That's encouraging. And but Austin is a t- is a gross. You know, there is a big. Uh, Showbiz, name droppy aspect to this town. There are some famous people that that come here and live here, so you rub shoulders with like you know people that you'd never thought you would just be able to just go up to and like t- mingle with. That was not as easy in LA. I was told like some of these p- big, heavy, important people are just way more accessible. So it is a great really you know, exciting place to be in com- in this town for comedy. If you're actually not jaded by it, if you're actually excited to be a comedian and you like the the challenge of it and you just want to focus on building better material and like not too concerned with the the like FOMO aspect of like, oh he wasn't there, I didn't run into Rogan, he didn't see my set. Oh, I was so close to him seeing my set or something like that. If you don't get too bogged down by that aspect of it, yeah, it's a great city, I guess, for comedy. Because I do get bummed out sometimes about the whole... It. Uh, what is it that it... Like, the word like burnt out. I get burnt out by people, just the anticipation of everybody talking about the Rogan Club. It's like... It's gonna be so great when the Joe Rogan clubs opens, man. Yeah, man, this city's going This is the best. We're gonna get so fucking. We're gonna get so many spots. Everything's gonna be great. Um, that can really like get annoying. It's like everybody's just thinking about. It. Everybody's moving here and talking about. It. Yeah, they heard did Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah. I just started doing comedy because I heard about it I heard stand-up comedy is like a fun thing to do so I started doing it just a couple weeks ago here I am like who the fuck do you think you are coming up to me talking about how you want to be a comedian dude you ain't got a chance in hell to, to if you think you're ready to compete with some of the heavy hitters of Texas you know, And I hadn't quite figured out how to fucking rip open every... I, I don't know how to make Texas people laugh, but I kind of, just by re- repetition, I'm starting to figure out what works. And it's not any really, really different from any other city. You just got to be funny. So there's different styles of comedy. You got to do what you like to do and what works. And I got a style, and I sometimes I fuck up completely. Sometimes I do a joke that's just hateful sounding. It's like, was that a joke or did he actually? Is he actually just doing hate speech up there? It's like, well, both. Actually, I don't even know if I was going for a laugh. Sometimes I just read shit off my phone. That's just me being serious about something i was just yelling about on my phone just writing down and i read it not knowing if there's a punchline coming i was go, well that was not a joke it was just me being very like mad so never mind on that one pretend that one yeah sorry accidentally did some something uh hateful there <laughs> not really um hate is a bad i don't like being hateful I think if you're going for a laugh, you could say whatever you want as long as there's an intent behind it to get to the laugh. There's many types of comedy. Uh, like I like to push the envelope just for the sake of seeing what I could get away with. It's not that I'm saying anything that's true or what I actually believe. I'm just seeing. hey, what if I did a joke about this, endorsing this? like they're Just saying something so... Uh, obviously spot, uh over the top like in like saying don't you talk about the clan like that there's that a matter of my friends like just saying something like that taking the opposite side of history i like to do that then there's people that actually are racist and like they they uh do they have a place in the comedy scene i hope so i don't care if somebody actually hates people and does jokes about it like as long as they're funny jokes like I don't know people hate on all sorts of things. I guess when it's hating on people like a specific a specific, a specific group of people, that's when people get all like you you can't do that. And yeah, I get it. You can't. You kind of you kind of sh- should be weary of, of like you. I'm not saying you. Sh- I don't want to say you should not do that. Or that you can't, because of course, you can. People do it all the fucking time. They make jokes at the expense of a certain group. Even you know, like just tons of stereotypes. So that's a joke that's at the expense of somebody. Uh, Not always hateful, but even you know. But you can. I think you can. But I get why people get scared of that type of style of comedy when you make a joke at the expense for certain group. It's like I hope it doesn't lead to like any more hate and like violence. Yeah. I hope not either, but comedy is not I don't know. Maybe it does like if you do a joke that's at this like an anti trans joke or an anti chinese joke. And that would that is that really going to lead to uh violence cuz you saw a joke about it? Hopefully not. That would be a really weird way to uh absorb a joke. It's like, now I'm going to hate them even more. It's like, I don't know. I'm going to keep doing it. I like to do it when it's worth it, though. I don't like to just do jokes that are anti-whatever, like, you know, make fun of a specific group unless I think it's good. And I could feel myself losing confidence as I'm doing it if it's not good enough to do. There's so many comics doing jokes about trans people trying to get in on the the trend uh because it's a trendy thing to joke about there's room for it you're allowed to joke about anything it's a big topic of interest so but so many comics try to do that and they fail miserably because you gotta fucking bring the quality for it to be laughed at people just ain't gonna you know Got to joke about what what you know, like what you have passion about. If it comes from a place of passion and like earnesty, then yeah, it's a little easier to get away with, man. And one of my passions happens to be hate and just like being hateful. And I just happen to be interested in hate as a subject. I like to understand why people hate. Cause not a lot of people are doing that. Not a lot of people are like uh, interviewing like alt right figures. Like some people are. Uh, it's becoming more acceptable to do that, but not a lot of people are actually curious to know. Like, why is it that people like are, hate on certain groups? There's got to be something behind that. It can't just be like from the. Uh, can't just have it, can't it just like pop into their head. It had to be instilled in them and what was it that made them that way? And why does it why is it so hard to shake once you know? As you get older you kinda of become set in your way. So if you if you hate on a certain group as a thirty year old, you're probably gonna keep doing it into your eighties. You're not gonna be like, Oh never mind, they're okay. they're better than they're never mind. I was wrong. <laughs> So I like to know and i I do know why they are because I already looked into it uh, and uh, yeah you can never justify hatred but uh i, I like to there is a reason that people get hateful and uh we, we got we can't be afraid to uh, explore because people are people I'm very good at seeing people for the I see the innocence in people. I could never be a judge, 'cause so I would let everybody go. I'd be like, hey, yeah, you murdered somebody," but I get it, you know. Twenty, yeah, I'll give you twelve, twelve months. Not even a year. You could call it. Yeah, a year sounds harsh. I'll just call it twelve months. Uh, and then. Ten years probation? Nah, I don't know, man. I'm not. I would be a good judge, probably. Maybe not. Who gives a shit? I'm not a judge. I'm a amateur. I'm a podcaster. I take this podcast very seriously. Anyway, what did I want to talk about tonight? Oh yeah, nothing. I already covered pretty much. Yeah, like I, this whole episode was just a vomit of stream of consciousness. Um, I don't really need to talk about anything that I had planned. Like, I, I don't even want to, like, name drop anybody, but just know if you're watching, if you're listening, I could if I wanted to. I could name drop my dick off. So just know that, and I, you'll be fine. So, anyway, my kid Tony, I don't know. I guess I'll probably keep talking. I'll probably have more to say next week after it comes out. Hopefully, I can figure out. I did a road gig. Did I talk about this? Yeah, I did. I already talked about that in the last episode, the road gig, and I might be able to do an, I might do another one if I'm down for the drive. I don't know if I'm up for it. I'm a pretty—like, somebody invited me to New York. That's right. My friend got booked for a bunch of shit in New York, and for some reason, he wants me to come with and, like, help him just have somebody there with him to hang out with and go to the shows with, and he would try to help me out to get on shows— but I don't have, like, the thrust and the get-up-and-go to do it. It's not that I have zero confidence in myself. or f- It's just I don't feel like spending money on a plane ticket. I, I just feel like it, I, I feel cheap right now. So, but I am... I could, I guess. I guess I could maybe scrounge up the money for a plane ticket and, like, hotel. But that shit... This is expansive and, like, you know. The point is, is, like, I have a lot going on, or at least I could have a lot going on. I'm doing fine. You know, I'm going to keep going, like, keep going to life. <laughs> I'm going to keep showing up for this. This was fun. This was episode 34 of the Tim Vikes, Bomb Show. Have a good week, y'all.